Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You've tuned in to Columbia Calling, your first stop for everything you want to know about Columbia. How and where to invest, where to visit. From the Pacific to the Caribbean, the Andes Mountains to the Amazon jungle, Columbia has a slice of everything. Shooting from the hip, answering the questions that need answering. Here's your host, the journalist and hotelier, Richard McCall, shedding some light on the fashionable South American destination of Colombia. It's that time of the week again, folks. This is me, your host, Richard McCall, back in Bogota from Montpos, so 2,600 meters closer to the stars. And this is episode 370 of the Columbia Calling podcast. Now, for those of you who have not read it, go on to theglobeandmail.com. That's Canada's national newspaper. Type in Colombia, and you'll see my article from Sunday from my trip to Cucuta and talking about the spread of COVID-19 across the border, across the trocheros, and the brave people on the Colombian side seeking to help migrants, Venezuelans crossing, uh, feed them, and uh, shelter them, and so on. So read that piece. It's a long, long read. Um, so I'm very proud to have been able to get something so long into a mainstream paper. Of course, my first piece in the Globe and Mail. And a huge shout out to Joshua Collins, who uh, accompanied me. Well, I actually accompanied him, basically, because he knows Cucuta like the back of his hand, having lived there for over six months, and uh, showed me around, put me in touch with the right people. And of course, uh, yes, it was just an incredible experience. And I hope for some more articles about that trip to come out in coming weeks. Uh, so watch this space. So in, a, uh, in addition to that, of course, last week's episode, episode 369, was with Malcolm Linton. You'll remember the combat photographer dealing with, well, of course, conflicts from all over the world, from El Salvador, Nicaragua, Colombia, Panama, where he was, that's the first time he was shot, was in Panama. And then, of course, he was in the aftermath of the genocide in Rwanda. Well, we've set up a photography workshop in Montbos, dates available in May, July, and August of this year. Uh, we have three sign-ups, three sign-ups for the May class, so that'll be fun, two of whom are journalists, and another one is a photographer, so really interesting people signing up for this, and we hope to keep the numbers steady and low, you know, so it's a much more intimate uh, uh, opportunity for those of you out there. You can be a beginner, you can be a professional, you can be, you know, very adept at photography, but that's the whole idea is to take your photography to the next level and have someone else critique it and give you some feedback. So check out that. That's on malcolmlinton.com. That's where you'll find it. And it will be the Mompos Workshop. Of course, you'll find that as well on our Facebook page easily there too, because I've been posting it around. This episode 370 is a, it's a fun episode. It's a different episode. We've got Ana Maria Morales, uh, who went off to study in Arkansas in the U.S. Uh, on a sports scholarship and came back 
with a desire to rehabilitate, rescue, and then, of course, release back into the wild uh, huge birds of prey. So you're not, you know, not what you'd consider a normal, so let's say, career route. Anyway, fascinating to talk to her uh, and hear her stories, not only about birding, but about rescuing these huge, huge beasts, I mean, harpy eagles and so on. I mean, if you've never seen one up close, even in an, a, you know, an aviary or somewhere like that, but they are absolutely immense. So very exciting to hear from her. And of course, the team is back together. Emily Hart in Medellin will be providing us with the newscast uh, in just a few short minutes. And then we'll be back with Ana Maria Morales talking about this. And so thank you to everyone. Thank you to all of those people who continue to support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com, Columbia Calling. And you'll be, uh, you know, you, you are helping us sustain the Columbia Calling podcast. Those of you who sign up for as little as $2 a month. That's $2 a month. I mean, it's nothing. And you help us continue to improve the podcast and, of course, get the articles out there and get the reports from all over the place. Uh, I'm going to sign off right now, leave you in the capable hands of Emily Hart once again, and then we'll be back in the third segment with um, Ana Maria Morales in this episode 370. Thank you again. Bye-bye. I'm Emily Hart, and these are your top stories for the week of April 5th, 2021. The crisis on the Venezuelan border continues as thousands of Venezuelans have been forced to flee into Colombia due to fighting between the Venezuelan army and FARC dissident groups. The operations have revealed the strong presence and control of FARC groups in Venezuelan territory, on a stretch of the border where violence is acute. In 2020 alone, in those states, there were more than 1,500 homicides, 208 disappearances or kidnappings, and 555 armed confrontations. This crisis adds to the mass displacement already being suffered across Colombia, in which conflict zones in departments like Nariño and Cauca are also producing thousands of refugees from violence. Wayu leader Aura Esther Garcia Peñalver has been assassinated in the northern department of La Guajira. She had received threats previous to the attack but had been ignored in her requests for official protection. So far this year, 41 community leaders and human rights defenders have been killed. More than a thousand have been murdered since the peace deal was signed in 2016. Presidential hopeful Sergio Fajardo will be charged with crimes of embezzlement and contracting without compliance over an alleged irregularity when he was governor of Antioquia. The case relates to a loan which turned out to be more expensive than anticipated after a 2014 drop in global commodity prices, which sunk the value of the peso against the dollar. The criminal investigation was, however, met with scepticism by both allies and rivals of Fajardo. He is among the favourite presidential candidates of the Centre Coalition and elections are little more than a year away. And the third wave of coronavirus has begun to hit Colombia. New daily cases are back up to around 10,000 from a low of 3,000 at the start of March. There have been an estimated 2.5 million cases, with 65,000 deaths in a population of around 50 million. Red alerts on intensive care capacity are being issued countrywide, with new measures in many cities being announced, including curfews and bans on alcohol sale. That was this week's news. Now back to Columbia Calling with Richard McCall. And we're back. This is the third segment of Columbia Calling, episode 370. My very special guest is on the line to me in Bogota, and I'm in Montreal, so I'm sitting here without a fan on and sweating away. But I, it's a real pleasure to have Ana Maria Can uh, Morales Canizares on the show. Uh, she speaks fluent English, and we've been sort of following one another on 
on Twitter for a while because I've seen some interesting posts pop up and then and then uh, and then other interesting posts pop up and so we got in touch and Anna Maria well she, she rescues rescues birds of prey I mean how cool is that is like gets out there and and sort of rehabilitates I guess and rescues and and then sets them free into the wild releases them back into the wild so we're going to talk all about this and and sort of conversation around this fact with Anna Maria. Um, and well, first of all, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast, Anna Maria. Hi, no, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. pleasure. No, so you're there in rainy Bogota and I'm here in, in, in sweaty Montpós. Where would you rather be? In Montpós. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. no, no, it's rainy, it's cold. <laughs> Nope, not, uh, not a chance. Okay, cool. So, well, let's just jump straight in. I mean, it's it's an unusual thing. I, I mean, I know of a lot of uh, women birding groups and stuff, and I've had them on the show, which has been really great, uh, you know, months and months ago. And birding, of course, is a huge, I'd say, industry or pastime for people coming to Colombia because, of course, you know, the Brits and the Americans are really into it. And, and it's just a high... I would say, you know, leaves no uh, people who, who spend money to come uh, and bird and, you know, will go out to the most extreme places. But tell me how you got involved in this and then into, into this, uh, I guess, foundation that you're involved with. Okay. Uh, well, I went to school in the U.S., uh, athletic scholarship. I used to play golf. I was kind of good. So, you know, I got, I got a full ride. Yeah. Uh, I started with wildlife biology and uh, got into ornithology, loved the class. I hated it at the beginning, but it, then I loved it, just fell in love. Yeah. And then I, uh, during my master's program, I was working with the golf team and I started volunteering for a lady that did uh, rehab, wildlife rehab. Uh -huh. And uh, I started doing it and she got then a peregrine falcon and that, that was it. I was hooked. That's After it. that, I was hooked. Yep. Found an internship at the Raptor Education Group in Wisconsin, and then I uh, spent my summer there after I graduated, then I worked for a year over there, and uh, I was actually trying to stay over there, but um, you know, it was expensive, it wasn't a for sure thing that I could get a green card or working visa and all that stuff. So I returned here, and I looked for the only rehab, Raptor Rehab Center in Colombia that was uh, the current foundation I'm with, which is called Fundación Águilas de los Andes. So I contacted them and we just, they, you know, straight from the beginning, they were like, no, we don't have money to pay you, but you know, you're welcome to help and all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? I love birds. So let's do it. And well, it's been almost six years now. So six years volunteering. So you have a, you know, I mean, let's say you have a nine to five job and then in your weekends and spare time, you're volunteering this Raptor rehabilitation. Yep, that's that's yep. I have a you know normal kind of well, kind of normal paying job that does the bills and all that stuff. Yeah. And then uh, I do a lot of social media, try to you know do um, outreach. Mm -hmm. Now with the pandemic, you know everything's a little bit easier on that part of the outreach. So mm -hmm. you just set up a you know Zoom meeting or whatever, and then you can reach a lot of people. So that's helped a little bit. And uh, well, we're actually starting a couple of uh, research projects too, so that helps you know a lot with the bird passion part, I guess. <laughs> so, but, but tell me, I mean, so you're up in Arkansas and you're taking these classes. 
And and it was the peregrine falcon that that I mean, you know, that was it. That was it. You were you were hurt. That was it. Yeah, well, yeah. At the time, well, she got uh there was this barred owl uh that came in, all poor thing, double fracture and awful. And then she also had a bald eagle at the time that she was rehabbing. But I, I, it was a peregrine. I'm not going to lie. It was just, just the peregrine. Now, is that the fa- it's, it's the fastest bird, right, when it goes into the dive? That's the fastest animal alive. Yeah. yeah. It See, dives knew. and it reaches <laughs> up to, I think it's uh, 290 miles or like almost 400 kilometers per hour. So, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's fast. Yeah, because we have them in the UK. I mean, that's that's why I knew them. And my great uncle painted me a picture once when I expressed an interest. In it. So nice. there you go. Yes. So I knew about peregrine nice. falcons. Yeah, well, it's funny because they're everywhere. I think except Antarctica. Oh. There's just different subspecies like all over the world. Really, and I, I, but they're not endangered here in Colombia, are they? Or they're not really studied here in Colombia. We think we might have uh, a population from uh, the southern part of the continent. So mm. it will be the falco, the Peruvian falcon, but the Cassini uh, subspecies. Uh, mm. And we do get uh, the northern Anatum and Tundrius uh, during the migration. So right now they're in Bogota and they're coming through and all this stuff. Mm. And then they just leave for the summer. You don't really see them and then they come yeah. back. But they haven't. They haven't really been studied here. Because uh, I always remember, like articles or photos of them. It's also in downtown parts of cities, like on skyscrapers and so on. It would be cool yeah. if we could see them, like diving off the uh, Colpatria building. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, and actually, there's a couple of pictures from them in one of the. They're not. You know, you know, Bogota. They're, they're not really tall buildings, but there's a couple. I think in the seventh or eighth floor, and you can see mm. a pair of peregrines. You see them a lot in the antennas. Yeah. like the phone antennas and there's actually one right outside my my office and i've seen i saw a couple um a pair last week and then i've seen a couple individuals here and there in the past month so it's fun that's cool but you know what you're looking for too i mean other people who say oh yeah it's just a hawk yeah. or something it's that a, is true yeah uh, so this is really cool i mean i think this is excellent and because we need to raise some sort of awareness here and you know that the the urban wildlife because there is a whole you know slew of, of animals and of course the birds are we just think of pigeons i think in, in downtown bogota oh, yeah. uh, uh, as they say the rats with wings and so on the people you know the kids paying the with the, the, the corn and paying for corn and have them all over them. It just makes me shudder thinking of the filth. But anyway, so, I mean, you got, so you got involved and that was it. You wanted to stay in the U S and, but it didn't work out. I mean, we you know the story. You came back and you volunteered with this, this group. So just uh, this fundacion, uh, where are they based? Where's the office? They're based in Pereira. Ah. So the coffee access. Yeah. So, but you can't go down there every weekend. I can't. I last time I went there, well, it was actually oh, a month ago, a couple right. weeks ago. There, yeah, you know, sometimes you get cheap, um, cheap flights, cheap bears, yeah, yeah. and planes. It's yeah. cheaper. I mean, it's just easier. Yeah. Uh, if you travel by land, it'll be like eight, ten hours. If you Do you have to go through La Linea? The, La Linea, the yep. Yeah, the infamous and then, tunnel. Uh, that, yep, and then that's a that's a mess, and you're like, I don't even know if I'm gonna get there. So even if, if you you know take the plane, it will be probably about the same amount of money if mm. it's a cheap one, and then you'll be there in thirty minutes. So it's like no, 
Well, you know, you could get stuck on one side of that linea and take a selfie in front of the uh, Duque Memorial there. Oh, oh man. <laughs> there you go. I mean, whenever like, I'm going through there, I'm going to do that. Like, yeah, take yes. okay. But you won't fit in the picture. It's so big. You no, know. we're probably going to have to ask somebody on the other side of the road to take it. And anyway. hope to God they won't steal my phone. That's it. Well, we, we digress. But So how is it then in you... Then you um, how do you volunteer for this one? Are you like the Bogota chapter then, or are you here? Uh... I Yes, well, and I handle a lot of uh, the information flow, basically. So mm -hmm. I get the information, there's a bird over there, and some people will tag me or tag the foundation, and then the mm -hmm. director will be like, hey, can you please uh, check this out, mm -hmm. or stuff like that. And we're doing this, we're doing that, uh, the, we're selling this, we're selling mm -hmm. that, and all that stuff. And we talk daily, so, you know, it's a, it's a, I'm just not there, basically, yeah. but... You know, I'm, I'm here whenever they need something. He needs Excellent. a paper sign. He needs a document. He needs a letter, and I'll just do it. So you're the you're the you're the dog's body, as they say. So, uh, <laughs> but what, tell me, I mean, the thing that really got me, I mean, interested in in what you were doing is that there was a photo of you guys. I guess you had rehabilitated, rehabilitated, and completely rescued some huge bird, and were releasing it back into the wild about a month ago. I uh, tell us about that. Yeah, well, uh, this was a black and chestnut eagle, a juvenile. Uh, she was found near the foundation. So uh, the whole uh, rescuing part was done by the authorities in the, in the city in Pereira. And she was moved to her center. She was treated at the Bioparque Cumari, which is the zoo there. Uh, she, she had... I don't know. She was emaciated. She had um, a tibia fracture that was consolidated already. And she was just basically skin, bones, and feathers. That was it. So uh, we started the, they started the first day. They brought her back to life and uh, started slowly feeding her up. And she died. She almost died like three times. It was some weird thing. She'll just go down and be all cathartic and just mm -hmm. you know almost dead and then she'll just perk up and that's it i was like well, we did tests and everything uh, and nothing really conclusive showed up like nothing mm -hmm. then they finally i think they did i think it was a antibiotic therapy like a hardcore one or, or a more mm -hmm. specific one and after that she was fine she was all perked up and gaining weight and you know feisty and awesome and i was like yeah <laughs> so um our foundation uh does uh, falconry techniques to to rehabilitate mm -hmm. so we got her on the on the we put on dresses she got her on the perch and uh, with the hood and she started looking at uh, around just, like started flying from uh perch to the lure and mm -hmm. she was awesome after like four weeks of that, just flying back and forth. She was just flying and trying to take off. So we did a Koreans thing so she could, you know, get a little bit more of time flying. But, uh, and then we use bungee cords. So the head is not that hard. So she kind of has, she knows the resistance. Well, she will, she'll start feeling the resistance. She'll just detour and land on a tree. And we're like, okay, that's, um, she's clever. Plus she's yeah. awesome. Cause you know, most of the are just go down and like, okay, I'm on yeah, the ground. Hit the, no. hit the elastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she'll leave. I was like, oh my God, on the ground. No, she will just go to, to a tree and perch. And I was like, okay, she's freaking clever too. Awesome. And uh, well, once she was ready, she was released. It was amazing. So how, I mean, this is a crazy amount. I, I just think that the, the dedication, you've got bungee cords attached to it. And then she knows, of 
course. You know, she knows where the limit of the elasticity point is. So they're that clever. Um, but I mean, how does a bird get into such poor health? What what happened to her? Well, uh, we don't really know. Uh, she also had a like a like a scarring thing going on in the abdomen. So and she was found by the side of the road. So I don't know if maybe she was hit by a car. Uh, it's not for that species. It's not really common to get hit by cars because mm-hmm. you know they live in a forest where there's not not a lot of cars. Maybe that's what happened. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe a territorial dispute uh, since she was a juvenile or maybe mm. she just fell weirdly, broke her leg and then just stayed on the ground. Or We, we, uh, we don't really know what happened to her. Mm. Uh, it's She wasn't shot, which is mm. weird because this species tends to be shot because they eat chickens. And that's their major issue. And that's a major concern we have, the conflict with humans. She wasn't shot, surprisingly. So we, we don't really know what happened. We're just glad that, you know, she 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 she, she was able to rehab and fly off. Yeah, because, I mean, that would be my principal concern here is, that, you know, farmers, they'll kill anything that, that uh, you know, threatens their, their livestock, their livelihoods, even. And it, to an extent, I understand, to an extent, but, you know, no, I mean, put a chicken against a hole. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, they usually prey on chickens from farmers that you know are not that big. That's yeah. the thing, and they leave of their eggs, they leave of their chickens, and you know it's understandable. They mm-hmm. have ten chickens, and if the freaking eagle is eating one a week or two yeah. a week, and then 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 we have a problem, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's totally understandable. And you're not going to get them to stop shooting at them, telling them that they're wrong by shooting the eagle. Mm. That's not how it works. Because they're going to be like, it's my land, it's my birds, I'm going to shoot whatever I want. And you're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, you have to play it, you have to play it to, to lay it down low and just, you know, work with them and, mm-hmm. you know, tell them you understand. Because again, I understand. I mean, it's, would probably be annoying that I have my chickens and a freaking eagle comes and eats them. Eats them. <laughs> so, um, you just try your best to, you know, help them. They don't have a whole lot of money to, you know, build a fancy chicken coop or actually feed them because that, that's one of the major issues. Mm. They let them free roam because, you know, they find bugs and they find food outside. So they don't have to feed them. They don't have mm. to give them protein. Mm. But they also don't understand that if you give them a better protein source, uh, they're probably going to start laying eggs earlier. Yeah. So it's it's just a whole thing that you have to, you know, make them see that, hey, you need to probably keep these birds a little bit more restrained, give them a little bit better. But then you might have you might start getting more money out of them because they're going to start, you know, producing eggs sooner. Right. It's, more, it's a whole yeah, it's, yeah. re-education package. Almost. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That, uh-huh. that, that's, that's, that's the thing. You need to educate them mm. so, and they have to learn to coexist because that, that's the whole thing. That, I mean, that's the whole thing. Now, listen, where I am right now, uh, you know, it's not, not the bird life so much. We have no endemic species as far as I know here. It's just sort of migratory and, and huge amounts. But not so much the birds is that on occasion, once I've seen a manatee, you know, going down the Brasley Montbos, once. And, of course, all the kids clambered up to the bank and started throwing stones at it. And I'm just okay. saying it's a whole culture around that here unfortunately you know i ended up being the 
the crazy uh, bitter gringo telling them all off. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it's a role I already fill, so I'm not so worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been you filling were up that role. To the test. Yeah, you were up to the job. <laughs> for, yeah, for more than like you know, for more than 13, 14 years, I've been filling that role. So it's, it's okay. Um, but it's just you have like, to keep up that image, right? Yeah, you know, it's like, but it but it's that kind of thing. And you know, even something as ordinary as an iguana, which I think are just the, the most incredibly beautiful animals. And they'll stop and throw stones and you're like, come on. And I think that's what you're up against here as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's that kind of um, that lack of empathy because mm. nobody taught them. I mean, mm. they grew up with the animals and the animals, you know, you eat the animals, you do that to the animals. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a freaking, that's a giant chicken. Why mm. won't you kill it? And that giant chicken is eating your chicken. So, mm. I mean, just shoot it. So what, um, you know, so you, you know, this, how do you know then when the, one of these birds is, you, you, you pretty much worked it out, I guess, that it, she's ready to go. She's ready to fly off. Tell us about the procedure then, because I don't know, you don't just sort of open the net and say, be free. I mean, <laughs> there's a whole process. Yep. Well, I mean, uh, once she starts showing that she's ready, you know, she has more endurance, she's looking more feisty, she's looking at you like, oh, you're a danger, I need to you know, go the other way, which is what you want because mm. being a top predator that, like that, they're not in trouble a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, once they start looking at you like that, like, oh crap, I need to go the other way. I need to fly out. And then you start looking at them. You look at them and they're flying well. There's symmetry in their wings. She's flapping well. She's doing all this stuff. She's eating amazingly and all that mm. stuff. That's when you're like, okay, she's ready to go. Then you find a spot. We usually try to return them to where they come from. Yeah. That's their territory. That's what they know. Okay. Because, uh, again, she's a juvenile. She's probably still uh, within territories, and their parents are going to be a little bit more um, tolerant, I guess, mm -hmm. towards her presence, probably. So if we release her somewhere, some, somewhere else that we don't know she might you know, have issues, then uh, we're condemning her. Mm -hmm. So we try to release the birds from where they come from, uh, unless they're migratory. That doesn't really matter at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, with these ones, we try to release them and where they come from, especially, you know, with the big eagle. So mm -hmm. we don't have issues with territories and all that stuff. Wow. And that's, I mean, incredibly important. But I guess that's kind of like, you know, sort of very... You work with humans as well. You just don't, you know, don't leave them where their enemies are kind of thing. It's a... Uh, it's so interesting. Now, one time I was in, in Panama in, in a national park that runs alongside the, the canal and, and they had um, sedated a harpy eagle because it was sick. How big was that thing? I mean, I, I, I'm sitting at a table now that seats, that seats six. It would, have, it would have laid healthily on the table. It was just, yep. uh, have you dealt with a harpy eagle in the past? I haven't uh, handled one. Uh, we, we, right now we have a patient, a male harpy uh, with a crooked neck. We thought he got hit by mm. something, but apparently he was shot. So he had this uh, lead pellet leaking lead in his brain. So that's what he was all screwed mm. up. Um, one of the vets figured that out and gave him some meds. He's doing a whole lot better. So I, I saw it, but I, I sadly haven't handled one yet. Uh. Hopefully it's coming eventually. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they're massive. They're huge, huge. beautiful it, birds. But they're yeah. Huge. 
So at the moment in the foundation in Pereira, how many birds more or less are you dealing with? We have, well, right now we, our foundation worked with a weird contract with the authorities and uh, a couple years ago they didn't renew it. So we were kind of, you know, doing the things on the uh, wrong side of the law. <laughs> Don't say that. I mean, <laughs> we, 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 we got the permit from yeah. the authorities, but we didn't have any contracts at the time. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have, you know, the whole thing going. And uh, we're doing the whole accrediting thing, all the stuff, and we're doing that. So we don't have a whole lot of birds right now. Mm-hmm. But there was a point earlier this year, the beginning of the year, we had um, two black and chestnut eagles, a uh, black and white hawk eagle, the harpy. Then we were going to receive a, um, a black and chestnut eagle chick that didn't come to us, but somewhere yeah. else and sadly didn't make it and then we have our resident uh, birds that you know we have two black and chestnut eagles that they're old and you know, they mm-hmm. don't have we have another one at the bioparque kumari mm-hmm. uh you know doing the whole education thing and uh we have three ornate hawk eagles so we have about 20 birds right now Wow, that's a lot, though. I mean, and especially for a, a, like a foundation that I mean, you're funded by donations. We are actually funded by uh, our director. He oh. does, yeah. He's his uh, his company does most of the of the funding, like ninety nine percent of it. We don't get a whole lot of donations, mm. and uh, which is sad because you know we we. I mean, I, I'm maybe a little bit biased, but we do a good job. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, we're always looking for people to donate. And uh, so you're more than welcome to donate. If you no, want. no, make the call. Make the call. What's, <laughs> what, is, what is the website so we can see? Uh, fada.org.co. So F A D A dot O R G. Right now, yeah, right now, right now we're under construction because we had mm. to switch all stuff and it was yeah, old and we had to get it on. But uh, if now we can do PayPal, uh, we can. Just contact us and we'll figure it out. What, why, what about a, a you know crowdfunding campaign? You know to get we onto. We have done a couple ones. Uh, it's so hard to get the money here mm. that I've tried to keep them a little bit on the um, low side. Mm. So we just asked for a couple, you know, thousand dollars or stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we've never been really successful in get reaching our target, but mm-hmm. the last one we did get like. $2,500. So that wasn't bad. It helped a lot with the, we had to change the whole wood part for the enclosures, which was a lot. So, and that funded a little bit over half of it. So that helped a lot. Yeah, I think the ones that are aiming, you know, my experience, and again, we digress a little bit. In my experience, when I've watched or look at crowdfunding, I've tried to do it myself, unsuccessfully, of course. Um, but uh, is, is it having a small, you know, very focused campaign works. And now I'm a, I'm a trustee for, for a small uh, NGO based out of England called Children Change Columbia. And they, they have six projects in Columbia, again, small projects. And they you know, they do online things like a, now it's a virtual dance class or a virtual uh, auction or a virtual cooking class. And they might get, you know, let's say 400 or $500 from one of these. And that is enough. Because it's small for you know a month or a month and a half of, of funding a project, which is I love that because the money goes directly to the project and and to the to the you know the people in need or let's say in your case the 
uh, raptors in need. So it's, uh, I think either these these focused ones. But so t- tell me a bit more though, because I mean, one of my and I, I'll go back to the go back to the birding uh, theme here. One of my concerns here in Colombia, because of the, I would say, state, the lack of state involvement and also the state involvement. So let's put the both of them out on the table. And, and the, the easiness, I think, for the trade in wildlife, uh, you know, the trade in, in exotic species. I think it's pretty easy here, isn't it, to get hold of whatever and then sort of, let's say, uh, sell it to the highest bidder, the guy who wants something exotic on his own ranch or farm. I mean, we, we were watching, uh, again, it's not totally related, but The Tiger King, that, that documentary series or, on uh, Netflix, and all of these weird guys that start collecting things. There must be, a, 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 there must be a, like, the weird people who collect birds like this too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, let's start with big cat people are weird too, so <laughs> let's go there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, bird people <laughs> are weird. And uh, you think, you see, the thing is now with the internet and all this stuff, you see a lot of people in other countries having macaws and having these cute, cute, awesome parrots and all this stuff. And then you see the same parrots right outside your door and you're like i saved it and all that stuff mm. and uh, uh sometimes it's just minor things like that and the bird then gets um confiscated and then goes into the whole system and you know ends up dying because you know it's a bird that's used to people and nobody looks at him anymore when he's mm. in the rehab centers but uh the trading is also awful i mean mm. Get a lot of animals uh, captured from the wild. They're not even being bred in captivity. Mm. So um, some and, and the country's so vast, so big. They're used to you know the drug. They probably use the same drug routes to move the animals, and they, it's probably funded by the same funds too. And um, you know, there's not a whole lot of people looking at it, mm. like authority-wise. Well, so, it's, it's not seen as catch important. a couple. That's it. Mm. It's it's just not seen. They, in the I same. mean, yeah. I mean, from some people it is, but yeah. I mean, we have a massive drug issue with a lot of violence. I mean, who's going to care about the ten parrots that they're moving? Mm. I mean, if they catch them, great, we're great. Woo, good for you. <laughs> if they don't, then okay. Well, I mean, I did, we did catch a ton of, you know, we did catch a ton of coke. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 not as big as the issue. I mean, it is a massive uh, trade around the world, but here it's not seen as, as such right now. Yeah. Uh, we're hopefully changing that by you know educating people, making them care, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's still, I mean, I think we could do a whole lot more. But again, I mean, there's not a whole lot of force and uh, like you know army and stuff, and they're dealing with other stuff. So I mean, yeah. sometimes I guess to a point it's understandable. I mean, it pisses me off, but. Now, there's other issues also to pressing the country. And while well, I've tried, it's not on top priority. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, in another lifetime, I, uh, I actually worked for the WWF in the UK. And, and so we did a lot of work on the CITES, you know, uh, wildlife crime. Uh, in fact, I think it was founded in part by the WWF, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, we did see in the studies the same organized crime groups were the ones who, who could deal with. But at the same time, it's not quite as exciting as 10 tons 
or cocaine or you know, a bird um, but you know, to some people but but if you can see the same roots and you can see the same practices surely then it all converges <laughs> but no nah, well we're, we're, we're barking up a tree here in, in Colombia again you should yep. say that yep yeah <laughs> I mean yeah you've, you've seen it you know how yeah. it works so yeah. it's it's yeah, um, it's a territory. It's too big as well. Uh, but so let's let's talk about as well because you get these, these you put these photos online, which is part I think of your outreach. And, and when you have one of these, let's say chestnut uh, black and white, chestnut eagle, what's it like to hold it? What's it like to have it in your arms, one of these birds? Because I just, I, you know, I'm scared of picking up a chicken. <laughs> oh no don't get me wrong i'm scared of picking up chicken so oh good <laughs> good like, oh, let's not even go there i mean raptors are just other things but i i mean i'd rather battle uh you know 10 harpy eagles than one macaw <laughs> okay nope that 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 beat you know okay. but um it's 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 amazing i mean there's mm. not just you know whenever you start holding a or rapture may be for uh, education or falconry if you're somewhere else, not in Colombia, because it's not legal here. But um, it's just, if it, it's just awesome. It just, yeah. it, life changes. I mean, for me, you see that whenever you're doing outreach and maybe adults, they, they just, they're amazed. Yeah. And they are just in this state that they're like, holy crap, that bird is amazing. And, mm. uh, and, and that helps. Just that they, they change sometimes. They're 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 so big. It's so awesome and powerful. And we're shooting it. No, let let's mm. start. So they, they they try to change some stuff like that. So we try to do outreach like that, and um, we try to show the birds because you don't get to see the bird that close. And mm. if you if you see the bird that close, you you get involved. You know, you you start having empathy. You see the bird as an as an individual, as an animal, and you're like okay, we need to help this bird and well, not this one, but you know, the one that that's, that's out there eating my chicken. So we need to focus on that. And we have done that and it, and it's just amazing. You yes. see the kids just, you know, wide eyes, open mouth. They're like, wow, that's, mm. that's just not something you see every day. Mm. So, um, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's powerful and it's empowering, I think. Mm. Well, I, I would say that that's the, the key thing, isn't it? The, the sort of environmental education that needs to come in to understand, you know, it's all well and good to create campaigns of, uh, for international travelers and stuff, but we really need to start at home here. We need to start. And of course, I, as, you, as you said, you need to understand where the farmer's coming from and, and so on. But also children just need to grow up with the more a conscience as to what is around them. This country is phenomenal for its wildlife species. And I just, do you, I mean, you said you do take them into, you know, do do workshops and stuff, but is this something you're going to do in the future more? Are we going to be able to see, uh, you know, your foundation going around the country to educate? Yes, uh, we are actually, I actually got a grant to study uh, the diet of the eagle. We're going to do it in Antioquia, but sadly the um, security is not well right now over there. Mm. So I'm switching and I'm going to probably Willa oh, cool. to start there. The conflict in that, yeah, the conflict over there is also hardcore. And um, I know there's a couple of nests, so I'm just going to try to figure out which one start, you know, once you study the diet and you understand how important, if it is important, 
the chicken to the diet or if it's not then then you can go to the to the farmers and be like hey look these are the findings let's do this let's do that you can start creating strategies to mitigate that conflict and that's the whole idea of this study and that's the whole idea of getting this grant to start doing that maybe in one spot and then just growing up from there once you start Mm -hmm. showing results and pretty sure people will be like, hey, let's donate to this cause. This is awesome. They're doing awesome jobs and they're doing amazing work with them and all that stuff. So um, yeah, that's the idea and um, should be doing something the next months. That's very so, exciting. Uh, let's hope it works out. Yeah. But you need, you need like, and uh, you know, we all only have like 20 second uh, concentration spans now. So you need some great Instagram clips of the release of birds or what's happened you know the before and after shots you need that stuff right yeah that i mean that 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 never hurts that it Mm. it actually helps a lot because it catches people attention Mm -hmm. and that's what you need you need Mm -hmm. people to be like oh oh crap that's an eagle let's see what happened (laughs) and then they'll be like uh why is that eagle like okay read the post man okay, you're not going to read it, then let me tell you, this is what yeah. happened, blah, 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 and this is what's going on, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And, um, but yeah, it helps. I mean, social media helps. It, it, yeah. it can be damning, it can be damaging, but it also can be a really useful tool to not only share information, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just tell people what's going on there. Yeah. I, Make you, them realize what's happening and yeah. get them close to maybe other places. Yeah. Now, you've mentioned on a few occasions the issue of, of, of the armed conflict here in, in Colombia, and you said Antioquia and Pasquila. And we know all about these things and the landmines and everything else. And those of us here are, are very aware. A lot of reports come out saying that, of course, the conflict has helped protect uh, bird species. Are you in agreement with that? I mean, is that something you can say, yes, it's true, these, these areas that have been the, off the limits? What? The conflict has helped protect species. Oh, okay. Well, from what I've heard from other people that have been in the field during this conflict, uh, where the FARC used to be, they used to have a better force coverage. They didn't, like, uh, just cut it off like mm. they, sometimes the ELN does. Mm. So uh, you did see, and then there are some places that were, you know, that were out of limits. You couldn't go. So no colonizers, no nothing. They just move, they just move through. And, but they had the forest coverage so the drones and the planes and all that stuff couldn't see them. Mm. So, I mean, it, to a certain point, it is true. There are some other um, places that were off limits to people. So they were just conserved. Mm-hmm. After the peace treaty, we've seen a lot of deforestations in national parks that you couldn't go before because, you know, there were FARC there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now you see there's just, you know, a lot of uh, trees fell down and cutting and a lot of cows moving in and lots of um, illegal mining, gold mining. So mm-hmm. uh, it, I mean, it sucks. It did help for a little bit. Uh, now the peace tree is out. You can access these places, but some of them are being destroyed. So kind of sucks. Yeah. You're you're up against the economic model of this. And uh, but what have you been down into some of these areas then that have been recently opened up to do studies? Have you got in trouble with any armed groups? No. <laughs> no. no, no I'm, 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 I try not to. No. Um, 
No, no. I mean, I'm, 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 I might be dumb sometimes, but I don't, I don't mess with those things. I mean, I grew up here yeah. uh, with the whole um, pescas milagrosas and all that stuff, and that's something. If somebody tells you, you don't go there, I'm like, okay, I won't go there. That's yeah. it. I won't ask. I won't do anything because you know I've I've learned uh, from well, my bosses all the time to tell me you are worth more living than that. So, and you can help the animals. You can help people more if you're you know alive and not in danger. Mm-hmm. So. Just don't be stupid. So I, I try not. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It's common sense in a lot of... Uh, so finally, final, final element to this conversation. You can go back to your nine to five. And I appreciate so much your time. As I mean, we need to ask. I mean, I looked at the foundation and... and were you the are you the only woman working at the foundation? I mean, this is a, an interesting. Uh, you know, we we think of birding and we think of bird watchers and we seem to think of, of of men going around this. But how is the birding community here in Colombia? The lot. I mean, women are involved. There are a lot of women involved. I know a lot of women birders, and I try to connect more with them. To be honest, uh, I get a lot of uh, friend requests on Facebook, and if you're a male and you're single and you're in the you know middle age, uh, nope, I, I don't even know you, man. We can have a <laughs> lot of friends in common. I don't even know you, but for uh, for women, I do because you know we 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 need to stick up together. And I know a lot of women birders. They're all amazing, mm. amazing women, mm. and they're not. They know a lot. Holy God. Mm-hmm. So uh, I try to connect with them a lot. Uh, currently, at the foundation, I am the only woman, but it's just me, the director, his sons, and that's it. So yeah. you know, not a big circle. It's not a but, big circle. It's not. Uh, but yeah, exactly. But uh, I am trying to you know pull a lot of uh, women into the into the business or the industry or whatever because uh, I think it's important that we have more women presence. Mm-hmm. Precisely, it's it's needed. And and we know that. I mean, you know, I've had I've had uh, women birders on the show, as I mentioned previously. And the knowledge, the knowledge that comes out is I don't know a lot about birding at all. I mean, I I uh, appreciate it, and I appreciate beautiful species, but I'm not you know I'm not I'm, uh, I'm not a professional in any way, shape, or form. But I appreciate it, and if I were taken out, I would be like in awe. I know, but uh, the you know, this community is, there is a community of women birders and there's great solidarity and there's great strength. And so, you know, I'm urging those of you out there listening to follow uh, Ana Maria's, the way where she's, uh, the fada, F-A-D-A dot org dot C-O. Yep, that's and, it. And look up Ana Maria for any, any uh, I think, tips for Colombia. I think that's probably... Of course, if you're a single middle-aged man, do not do that. <laughs> I mean, so, you can contact me. Just don't add me yet. <laughs> know each other first. Yeah. Well, also, I think I made the cut because I'm a married middle-aged man, so that's all right. <laughs> so I made the there you go. You have a kid. There's nothing. Two. Because I mean, it's Twitter. Yeah. You have uh, two. Okay, yeah. there you go. That's why. That's, can you see the bags under my eyes? Is, uh, I have two. Um, but anyway, listen, I'd like to say thank you so much for your time and for sharing so unselfishly your knowledge about this subject. And I think that there are people out there who will want to help the foundation, who will want to, uh, you know, at the very least promote you, you know, so... Fada, F-A-D-A dot org dot C-O. Please sign up and check out, you know, check out uh, or get in touch with Ana Maria 
Morales Canizares, and, and she will, you know, point you in the right direction. So let me take this moment and say thank you so much for your time, Anna Maria. No, thank you, Richard, for having me. Always a pleasure. It was it was wonderful, really interesting, and really you know quite emotive to know how you are you are moved by these these uh, you know birds of prey. I mean, how cool! Yeah, it's, it's a passion. It's a passion. Uh, well, thank you again. And so, this is me signing off for episode three hundred and seventy uh, of the Columbia Pauline podcast. Thank you so much for all of you who've been tuning in. We've, had, we've been having great shows of late. Last week, Malcolm Linton talking about the photography workshop we're launching here in Montpos, and uh, prior to that, of course, Children Change Colombia, and indeed uh, Bruce McLean talking about tourism here. So we've been we've been jumping around in, in the subject uh, matter, as always, trying to keep it fresh and interesting. And I think next week, hopefully, we'll have uh, an Irish guy who's been working for many, many years in the communas of Medellin and talking about his work there. So always trying to keep it interesting. Thank you for listening and share far and wide so that we can continue to survive and get the message out about Colombia. And bye-bye. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.